if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. Now when you bring it up, the energy is, hey, person that I love, who I know is committed and loves me, there's this thing that I see consistently happening that really doesn't work for me, and can we work in a new way that's a win-win? Then he's all ears because you've scraped off the shame, blame, and make wrong. And you've gotten really strategic around remembering that he wants to shift and upgrade to support you. And most of the times, the things you need him to change actually make him a better man. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. On today's episode of That Sex Chick is my relationship coach, Annie Lala. That's right, folks. You will get to see behind the curtain of a live coaching session between Jordan, myself, and our personal coach. Annie helps individuals attract, create, and foster extraordinary connections that maximize freedom and minimize shame. She has been featured on CBS, Fox, Bravo, and more. Y'all hear me talk about her all the time on the show, and I knew at some point I'd have her on as a guest. When I thought about bringing her on, I had the idea to not just get her on and talk about her life and her work, but to actually record a personal two-on-one session with her. That way, you all can get a firsthand look at what doing the work as a couple can look like. Even the best coaches have coaches. The Sex and Love Co. team and I do this with our clients every single day, and it's equally important that we are held by our own personal coaches, therapists, healers, mentors, etc. in the same way. 
It's an honor and a privilege to showcase to you all a person who has been a monumental figure for Jordan and I as we approach marriage and of course, starting a family soon. We showed up to Annie as a really great couple. And after every session we have with her, we leave that much closer to our dreams in partnership and in life. As usual on the show, we dive deep into some really vulnerable topics. This time around, surrounding our personal lives, including how we navigate conflict, how Jordan shows up for me when emotions are running high, and how he is able to best support me while I embark on a journey of healing my relationship with my biological father. In this episode, we invite you all in. Enjoy. Hi, darlings. How are you guys doing today? I'm so happy to be doing this with you. Mm-hmm. As are we with you. Yes. It's been a while since we caught up. I'd love to just get a little update, a little report on what's working really well. I know you guys are getting married soon. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff comes up. What's working well and and what would you like to talk through? Anything that could work even better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. So we've been doing a decent amount of travel the past yeah. few weeks. We did a road trip. Um, through Arkansas and California or through Arkansas and Ohio. And then we were just recently in California and it was a lot of fun. And I felt maybe as connected as I've ever felt with you in traveling, like as consistently, it felt like we were just really in sync and right. whatever things came up, they just flowed very seamlessly and effortlessly, which is really great. Um, something that's very present in this moment is Earlier this morning, there was a little, some energy that came up, some emotion and yeah, Alexa had a reaction to something around work, business stuff. And I did my my best to kind of keep my cool and hold the line and not feed into it, but also not, you know, um, what is the phrasing you use? Compress or, or, um, collapse, collapse. Yes. Coerce and collapse. Um, so just kind of even keeled and she came up to me very soon thereafter, very shortly thereafter and apologized just very tenderly. And it felt really good. And I didn't feel like I had to, um, like shame her, or hold it against her. Like I could receive it super quickly and easily. And that felt significant for sure. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting that when you actually give a response to your partner, when they're upset, that has no shame, blame, make wrong, or nor desire or need for them to change. Mm-hmm. Right. You just ground, regulate, hold your line, as you said it, that they come back. It might take a few minutes or an hour a day, but they always come back mm-hmm. because none of your crazy got put onto them, which keeps <laughs> them justifying their position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so I think of that as hygiene, hygiene, where you clean off all the shame, blame and make wrong of any of your responses. So your partner literally has nothing to bitch about. All they have to do is look at where their crazy came out and how to own it. (laughs) So great. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I went downstairs specifically to apologize and to take ownership for what unfolded. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's really present, and I agree with what you were just saying about our traveling and we got some much needed time, just the two of us, where it's just us. And for me, being alone or being alone with Jordan means no animals no friends, no, no one can reach us. And we had, um, we had an amazing time. We had sex inside of a hollowed out 
Redwood Tree in, in yes. Santa Cruz. And Big, and Big Sur. If you were, and I was Big just Sur. about to jump in and say it. I'm so glad you did. I <laughs> hope you awesome. carved your name or something. Uh, we did something like that. That tree remembers us. Let's just say that. <laughs> Love that. So we, we had uh, a really amazing time. Um, and something that is that that I am working on and working through is and especially in the lead up to us getting married and especially in the lead up to us becoming parents is my ability to regulate really quickly my emotions spike really yeah. fast and they also come down very quickly but it's just a fucking roller coaster and I I used the analogy not that long ago for Jordan, I said, yeah, you're on the roller coaster with me, but every now and then you get to get off of the roller coaster and you get to go play basketball and you get to go with your friends and you get to go to Barton Springs with the dog, whatever. I said, I am the literal roller coaster. <laughs> I never have a chance to get off of it. And so, um, until you learn to drive the car and put the uh, brakes on. Yeah. So Which is that, the regulation. that is really what is most present, um, for me because I could see my energy getting bigger, my stress or the anxiety forming um, in my chest and the sensation building in my chest. And that I just wanted to put it over onto Jordan so that he could feel the significance and the importance and that like I needed him to do these certain things and I wanted to make him wrong, like oddly, but I could Mm -hmm. see it from a bird's eye view while I was doing it. And while it's really amazing that I have this self-awareness and in the moment I have the self-awareness, but I'm ready to, to shorten the gap, bridge the gap between me noticing, acting, taking space, reflecting, determining what I want to say, then going back and then saying the thing. I want to speed that process up if I can. Okay. So that <laughs> gotta, yeah. in the moment, I don't give it over to him because, you know, I, and I, and you know, we, I work with people a lot in these, uh, in this space too, in my podcast and all that. And so, um, it's one thing to have the self-awareness around it, but yes. then it's, it, it's not have self-awareness. And then great. Now that you're aware of it, now you have, you're giving yourself permission to just be that shitty way. <laughs> yeah, no self-awareness. I've heard it said to know and not to do is actually not to know. So it's only half the knowing. And so you're in, what I want to comment on is you're in the process of what I call the learning curve of self-aware behavior change. So Here's how learning happens. Like whether you're learning snowboarding or piano, no one gets on a piano or a snowboard and zooms into success. There's a practice and a learning curve. So what's happening is, you know, you have this pattern and you do the, you do the grumble on to Jordan, you catch it, whatever. An hour later, you come back, you apologize. So what you want to do is give yourself an internal gold star of like, good girl, you caught it. Now it was an hour later or a day later or whatever, but next time you're going to catch it 45 minutes later, then 30 minutes later, then you're going to catch it five minutes after you just did the crazy and you, you won't be able to stop all this. You'll just catch it. And then you'll catch it right in the middle of doing the thing, but you won't be able to stop. And after you go, Oh, good work. We, we're doing it. Not an hour after we're doing it. I'm noticing mid grumble and then you'll catch it at the beginning of the grumble, but you still won't be able to stop because the pattern still got you. Mm-hmm. And eventually if you keep practicing, you'll get to right the moment before you're about to unleash your grumble and you'll have choice and you'll go, oh, I know where this road goes. I have consciousness in the moment now. And then you can choose something different, but don't try and skip the learning curve with an insight. Never has it ever been done. Everybody has to learn this and just give yourself permission to move through that learning curve and watch the incremental success each time as it gets further and further upstream. Mm, you're doing great, baby. 
Thanks. This was yeah. more like 15 minutes after this time. It was Great. Good. It was Look really at that. Good. It was very yeah. Impressive. Yes. And there are times where I'm like, okay, I'm just ready for it to be in the moment so that you don't have to deal with this because then I wind up in a sense, shaming myself after going, why do you make that beautiful man's life difficult. <laughs> Here's how you fix that. Okay. How you fix that is you make it. So your connection is better because you did it. So, totally. so you do a little crazy. You realize I did the crazy. You come back, you clean it up. Then you have this shame that somehow you interviewed in his beautiful man's life. But <laughs> when you come back, if somehow you can bring a new level of intimacy or commitment or yummy or play, that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't done your little crazy, then he will literally say, I'm so glad you actually did the grumble because look where we are now. Mm -hmm. So how do you make it the ROI for both of you even higher? And I think the trick for you, Alexa, is to track the shaming. So you're tracking shaming him. Good. You're 15 minutes able to track it. I want you to track where you shame yourself. That's an inside job. And basically where I want to get you to is not just, oh, I can't believe I, I tarnished the experience of this beautiful man. I want to get you to the place where you're like, I can't believe I tarnished the experience of this beautiful woman called Alexa that I am. Like, how dare I yell at her? How could I make her wrong when she's literally climbing her way out of ancient lineage patterns that she is triumphantly and heroically standing for changing while, you know, all your ancestors in some way are kind of like, don't leave us stay in crazy land with us. And so I just want to acknowledge you that this is what it looks like to climb Everest and nobody does it in a day. Mm, I love that you said that. And I was going to say too, that as much as it was challenging and frustrating in the moment and shit came up for me, I was pretty aware, maybe not so much as it was happening, but very shortly thereafter, just what you said, Annie, that this is valuable. I'm seeing how I'm responding. I'm getting this training and this opportunity to come back to love, as we like to say quickly. And we both met each other in that. So we're better for it. A hundred percent. And I absolutely believe that. Yeah. You got to squeeze a few reps in. Exactly. That you normally wouldn't get, right? Yeah. Working yeah. out hard today. Yeah. There are times and then I watch myself. Well, so I think that I recognize the self, the self-directed shaming yeah. almost at the same time as I realize I'm doing it to him. And I'm like, oh, well, mm -hmm. I know this process, right? I know. And I go over here and then I go over there and you know, then I got to like shake it out. Um, so there are times when in that moment, when you do nothing that I don't know, is this a choice that you're doing nothing? Or are you just, uh, just like trying to let me fizzle out and you're not taking the, the, you're not taking what I'm saying sincerely. Cause there's also still a message in there. Yeah. And then, and so then that's another thing that I, I get to work on is how do I convey the importance of information to Jordan without being the coercer, the manipulator, the big energy, the critic, all of that, because that is very challenging. And then something that I'm, I'm in a sense conflicted by is I don't know sometimes if what I want to convey is actually true. So here's, I'm going to give you a tool to handle both of those. So in the moment, a frustration comes up and it's, I want you to get that there's a sacred, intelligent, dignified reason that you're asserting yourself. There's something really important under there. There's maybe a little bit of grumble and wound pattern around it too, but no one just bitches for no reason. Everyone has a grumble because something sacred needs to be articulated, right? 
And so I want that sacred thing to get communicated to Jordan. And so does he. He really wants to know what's sacred to you. Now, if he could get it without all of that shame, blame and make wrong, that would be great. So here's what you do. Every time, this is what I do with my husband. Every time something comes up where I feel like a sacred trespass or he's not getting something that's important to me, I write it down in my phone or on my laptop. So I write it down in the middle of the trigger. The tool I'm trying to suggest is, and this is hard work, but to give your partner feedback on what you want shifted and changed when you're no longer in the trigger. Why? For a variety of reasons. First, how you articulate your grumble is going to have more um, power and responsibility and intelligence and persuasion when you're not regressed into young child tantrum anger. So telling your grumble while you're triggered, you have to make a choice. You can either shudder your frustration and upset onto your partner, hoping they'll change, or you can actually get the behavior change that you really want them to do. You don't get both. You only get one or the other. And it's totally fine if you want to grumble and shudder your stuff onto your partner. But at some point we get tired and frustrated of of doing that dance. And we start to realize, I just want the thing to change. So once you realize that, then you get strategic. And that's where this idea will come in and be very useful because the strategic way to get the behavior change is to write it down, keep it within, I'd give yourself a day, look at it again. 80% of the times the things that you wrote down have disappeared and they're not even bothering you anymore. 20% of the time, they'll still be kind of, yeah, he does do that. I want that to change, but you're no longer triggered. So then now when you bring it up, it's like, Hey, and the energy is, Hey, person that I love who I know is committed and loves me and wants nothing more than to delight my life. That's the fray, the frame. There's this thing that I see consistently happening that really doesn't work for me. And can we work on a new way? That's a win-win. Then he's all ears because you've scraped off the shame, blame and make wrong. And you've gotten really strategic around remembering that he wants to shift and upgrade to support you. And most of the times the things you need him to change actually make him a better man. Your needs actually sculpt him into greatness. And so it's really important that you communicate it, but I would recommend if you want to wash your partner off of their crazy, don't do it with scalding hot water. Mm-hmm. Wait till the water cools down and it's lukewarm and then you can bathe off all their crazy. Mm-hmm. And the challenge therein is uh, simmering down. Mm. Right. So what my actions are and how I communicate and all of that is a fraction of what I'm actually feeling inside. Yes. And sometimes I'm not sure if I would assume that you know this, that the amount of energy it takes to tone a thing down is exhausting. I'm decently like aware. The, it I'll go from like totally neutral to like burn the fucking house down in f- less than a second flat. Like the 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 bigness that I will feel and I yeah. like uh, so there are times when I'm exhausted of it too. You know, there are times where I'm like that that definitely the the shame part for myself where I'm like wow cuz I question how can I have children if if this is my process? Like how is there a way that I can get this to just not be as intense? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like I just can so shorten hold on. I don't want, Why do you want to be less intense? Literally, most of your magic in the world comes from your ability to have that burst of aliveness when it's needed. Get her. So if we get rid of that, you're going to be 
you're not going to be Alexa, <laughs> right? It's got the positive and the negative. So I don't want to get rid of it. It's magnificent how you can move in and out very swiftly from intense to calm states. It's part of your magic. And the trick is, can we put a dial on it that your hand is on? Yeah. Right. And I don't think anyone maybe in your historic family had very good dials on how they moved in and out of intense energies. And so you got modeled and imprinted. This is how we deal with intense energy. It comes out and onto whoever's there. It's a pattern that I don't even know is actually natively yours. I wonder, do when you do that, do you ever feel like you're kind of possessed or <laughs> acting like some other thing came into you and you're like, what the fuck? A thousand do you percent. Ever have- a thousand percent. Because, okay. Well, really, I, I didn't have this modeled for me. Well, okay. Like, what so I, what no I mean one is, ever got mad at you when you were young? What I mean is there's no one in my family that I can pinpoint and say they were also like this. I was often looked at as the, 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 the odd one because I act like this. I have the hot head or the fire energy. Oh. I'm the emotional one. And like, oh God, here Alexa goes again. That was, it, fe- it felt like it was just me when okay. I'm like, well, I don't even know where this comes from. It doesn't matter where it comes from. If it feels like it's natively you and it's yours, then it's kind of like, you know, a wild horse that you got to learn to dance with. But what I'm smelling a little bit is how do I get rid of this? How do I, how do I get out of, how do I stop the thing? But once you realize that your magic and aliveness and spontaneity and all the things everyone loves about you is directly linked to this wild horse, you're going to have second thoughts about trying to get rid of it. And I just want to see, can you, can you notice how that quick shifting emotional prowess is useful in your life and that you might not want to get rid of it so quick. Can you see that? For sure. For sure. And when I get reflections back to me, whether it's friends, it's certainly not family. That's a whole other subject. But uh, when I, when I get these reflections from friends and community, it's often that people feel like if something goes down, they want me on their side. And I have this fierceness and this loyalty, but also I've learned over the years as I've gotten a little bit older and started to more mature that I, I feel very grounded at times I just will spike. And that spike is more like fire, not like floaty in the air. And, um, so yes, I am reflected back that the thing that I am the most challenged by is often the thing that people see me in the most and is the, and love about yeah, you. Yeah, that they love about me. Yeah. But do you love it about you? That's what I want to find out. I do. And there are times when I harness it and I'm like, wow, that was really fucking good. And then there are times where I'm like, how are we still here? <laughs> how did I not annihilate the universe with the last? <laughs> yeah. I love it about Anger. you. Okay. Yeah. What are you going to say, Jordan? I was just going to say, I love it about you. I think that is absolutely what attracted me to you. Um, I mean, yeah, I've told the story a million times, but the first time I ever experienced her was on a Facebook live when she had big emotions or tears are streaming down her face and she's sharing this heartbreak experience, but she's still so cool, calm, collected in the middle of this storm of emotion, expressing what she was experiencing. And I was just mm-hmm. captivated, like literally, and I've never really thought about it in this context until this conversation of that is what captivated me. Mm. Like, I got to have this woman. Yeah. How do you feel now about to marry me? <laughs> Abandon ship now. Oh, Double my. down. All in, baby. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So Alexa, if you met that fiery part of you on a bench, a park bench, and you sat down beside it, how would you be acting? What would be your state of mind? If I, if I saw this aspect of me. Yeah. This aspect of you like crawled out of your body and took on a form and is sitting on the park bench and you got to oh sit beside gosh. it. Are you like, are you like, Hey buddy, are you, what are you feeling? It's so, it's so weird. Cause the first thing that comes up is I'm enamored. <laughs> like it's so <laughs> mysterious and powerful and, and, and I, and I know, and it's, it's an element that I've had so many people, the passion, that ferocity that people are seeking in life. And I've got it so fully formed. Mm-hmm. So, so you're enamored. Anything and else? She, and, oh, she's sexy. She's sexy. So, she's weird and, you know, and sexy and Yeah. It's just like you're enamored. She's she's cool and sexy. <laughs> and is there any anything other than like deep connection and embrace? Is there any trepidation, hesitation, con- questioning, just checking to see if there's anything in the way? If I think of that that part of me outside of me, and let's say sitting on the bench, what's left of me feels like the Alexa that's still in the box of her upbringing Mm. and normal and or quote unquote, trying to be normal and trying to be a muted dull down, just be a good girl, do things in a particular way. So that person also feels more muted and dull, I would say, Mm -hmm. and level, but this is the adventure and the excitement. And I think bringing those two things together, it's just, Mm -hmm. um, at times, a lot is just to be on the ride with her all so frequently is a lot. Okay. So if you could make a request of passionate, intense park bench friend hair, your, your passionate part, Jordan calls and- her Maleficent. <laughs> Maleficent. Okay. Yeah. I like her though. <laughs> I do too. Right. That's but why it's, it's so great. It's a great term. So if you could ask her anything to, um, to help you participate and tessellate and combine with her in a way that's mutually a win-win. Is there any request you could make that would make it easier or that you'd feel safer? How, how could you make kinship and a deeper friendship between these two? Like, how could I communicate? Like we, we need each other and what do I need from you? What would I would like? Yeah. Like one you? of you, one of you is a leader is more of a leader than the other. I'm assuming it's the one that's on the park bench. That's yeah. okay. So, so that's why I'm saying, ask the leader of the conversation, Hey, you know, what would really help me have a great time with you so that we could like link arm and arm and arm and be besties. Mm-hmm. It's this. And then just see what, what would she ask? I mean, it's very simple. I mean, like, it's just kind of silly. The first word that comes up is embrace me. So you want her to embrace you. Okay. Would you, would the version of you that's a little more muted, would you let her embrace you? Just sounds, just seems like a lot. <laughs> just yeah, so what back. comes up? It's scary. It's overwhelming. It's confusing. What comes up that has you go, oh, it's a lot. It just takes up so much space. And it's like, uh, I already feel like without being tempered, 
it already does take up a lot of space and I've spent a lot okay. of time curbing it back. So what if the muted version of you said, hey, powerful, fiery friend, would you be willing to give me the microphone sometimes and allow me to be on stage so that I can learn to be just as expressed as you? Would you be supportive of that? What does Maleficent say? <laughs> Do whatever you think you need. <laughs> yeah. And then if you asked her, would you help me? Would you be willing to help me? What does she say? Interesting. Because uh, my mic, I have this whole visual in my mind where she's like, sure. That's exactly what I thought. Right. I just thought, sure. Sure. That kind of casual and. Sure. Mm -hmm. What, what do you, what do you need kitten? Like what, what, what is it? <laughs> okay. So maybe she says, sure. What do you need kitten? And then what does muted Alexis say then? Here's what I need. What does she say? It's really interesting because then I think about the power of, um, uh, I think it's like a, a pendulum swinging back to the middle in a sense, because, mm -hmm. um, I have spent a lot and then I want to make sure I'm staying in the in the exercise that I'm thinking about the, okay, let's just go with the, the tempered version of myself to be like, okay, well, I would like that because uh, ultimately in our, in our dance together, should I have the microphone when it's really most important for me to have it, then you can have it when it makes the most impact. And I want to ask the part of you that's not Maleficent, does it like the name being muted and tempered? Is there another name that would give it more dignity? And what would it want to be called? Well, there's nothing really all that excited, exciting necessarily about grounded. Grounded. Excellent. You like grounded. So grounded and Maleficent, if they could become friends. Yeah. And Maleficent's like, what do you need? Grounded says. Or discerning. Okay. Discerning. Grounded okay. Grounded and discerning. Excellent. So what, what is it that grounded discerning Alexa asked from Melissa Maleficent to, to, to feel supported? Let me talk. Let me talk. Let, Let me, me have, have the, the microphone. microphone. Let me, Let the me microphone. talk sometimes. Let me drive the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Let me drive sometimes. Okay. So tune in. Remember Maleficent has all her intensity, but also that deep heart right? That deep loving heart. So have Malefic Maleficent tune in to what, what she has to do to actually become a uh, ally and a friend with grounded discerning Alexa. And just check in, is Maleficent willing to actually be an ally and support so that both of them can have two wheels and drive the roller coaster and work together? Maleficent goes, sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. And then have, have grounded discerning Alexa. If, if Maleficent's open, reach around and give her a hug and be like, so grateful. And thank you. Okay. Okay. Maleficent is hot to the touch. Okay. So this is a very warm hug. Got it. Okay. Yes. So she gets the point. The other yeah. one pulls back. He's like, let the hug happen. Yeah. But is there an understanding now? I know this is metaphorical, but can you allow them to have that understanding that they are now connected, they're in conversation, and they'll continue to have their conversation about how to work in tandem and collaborate so that both of them 
are influencing and funding your outward behavior instead of you drive. No, you drive. No, you drive. And whoever's the strongest grabs the steering wheel. What if they worked in collaboration? Yes. And okay. Yes. And as I'm, and? as I have been listening, my meek, muted, afraid of this thing has transformed into just as tall as, just as big as, just a different version of solid, discerning, um, like I said, grounded mm-hmm. and has a, a strength and a power and a depth versus a meek and I'm afraid of you yeah. kind of feel to her, which I've always thought that that fire and that passion was going to be like my downfall, but it also is my greatest gift. But I, I think that a lot of people would say that in tandem with some of that fieriness is very much the grounded and kind of discerning. Cause I know that Jordan would say I've, I've definitely influenced him in those ways where I got boundaries and people know yes. if I don't like them and people know yes. where I stand with them. Yes. Um, even if it's just in a look or it's my energetic presence or, or something like that, that's like, whether, whether I want you in or I, or I don't. And, um, so it was interesting in this visualization to see this part of me that's just like, please let me like control the situation a little bit more because you're a little too much is now in my mind looking and appearing differently. And I don't, I don't want the shadowy stuff of let's call her Maleficent still to be consistently projected onto Jordan because there's no need for her to be driving this vessel at that time. Not really. You know what I mean? But there are times, I mean, in day to day. Yeah. But, or if she was collaborating with grounded discerning Alexis, what they would come up with together about when and how and what to say would nail it. Yeah. They would nail it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Great. So now I want you to hold those two parts as sisters that are peer to peer. Neither one is dominating the other. They're going to work together in collaboration and just hold them that way in your heart and in your unconscious. And just know they'll continue to figure out ways to make your life powerful and fierce and influential and grounded and discerning and calm and loving. So. I'd love for you to just, when when you interact with them, just have that vision on the park bench that they're working together now. You got it. They're besties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And however long it takes you to find your way onto a dial and learn to move the dial, there is no faster way you could have done it. However fast you're changing, that's the fastest you can go. And the same is true for Jordan. If you think Jordan should be already have not stopped doing the thing or he should be doing something else, all you want to look for is incremental changes. Is he incrementally changing in the direction that you asked? And if so, yay. There is no other faster way. Maybe another human could go faster, but not the one you love, not Jordan. Right? Yeah. What do you think about all that? That was beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it felt very true. And I see you definitely doing that already. But I think that framework and that exercise gives it this, you know, like personification, gamification that certainly you can dance with and that I can also be in relationship with and look at it through that lens and, and have fun with it. And I, I feel like I've continued to get better at that. 
And then this is just another support piece in the process. It feels valuable. You know, you have a counterpart bench, Jordan. Mm -hmm. Your male version of Maleficent, I don't know who you'd call, but the more he steps into the scene Mm -hmm. to work with your more grounded, discerning part, the less her Maleficent runs the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've been telling you this for a while, but the more you are able to tune into your needs, your boundaries, your nose, your wants, your hey, the more that comes forward, the less hers does. It's almost like there's a quota of how much fire and intensity your relationship gets from the universe every day. You get Mm -hmm. like 400 kilojoules of crazy. (laughs) And if you don't use some of it, the intensity and the passion, Mm -hmm. she'll use all of it. That's great. Yes. I know you've told me that before. And actually, so I just want you to start using it. I love that. And you saying that is relevant to the situation we were just describing. Um, because when she did come back to apologize, my default is to just be like, cool, love you. Thank you. We're good. And that there was parts of that that came up, the appropriate parts, I believe. And I specifically said to her, you know, thank you. Appreciate that. And a part that you didn't speak to specifically that is important to me to call out is this behavior was done in front of Bryn. And that and uh-huh. Bryn's our employee and, you know, friend and we're at home. She's mm-hmm. working with us from home. So she gets front row seat to stuff. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but it felt particularly inappropriate because of that. And I described that to her. And that felt like that was that part of me showing up that in the past would be a little bit ooh edgy, afraid, be you know people pleaser, peace keeper instead of maker, and and she very much received it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know when I'm doing it, you know, like that this is wrong or could be different or whatever well, it is. At but the do you know that Bryn's there? Does your brain track someone's there, or do you just go into like I don't care who's there, I'm going to say the same thing? Yeah, that's something that's been really interesting. Um, Do I register if Bryn is there or any person? And the answer is yes. And I am getting to calibrate in in a sense, not calibrate, but there were times in my life where I would hold things in because people were around. And I very much think of you and Eben and how you will let a little tiff happen publicly and get to resolution in front of everyone and stay in this kind of connection and love. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I just, so first off, I understood that in and of itself. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. That's the way that they choose to do it. It's possible. Maybe you've never seen it before. It's hard to know how to do it. Yes. And I have another really close friend that, um, I, I said something about our relationship, Jordan and I's relationship. And, she said, you know, her and her partner just simply don't have that level of tolerance for conflict. And I was like, you perceive us to be in conflict all of the time? Like you you think we have a high level of tolerance for conflict? And then I was like, do we? And then I just started thinking, do we fight in public all the time? And do people, are people uncomfortable? I started like questioning, what is this like? And I remembered the last time my mom was in town and she was in the car and we you know, we just go through ebbs and flows of like, there's, there's a parental figure around and we just, you know, interesting things get, get surfaced whenever parents and family members around and all that. So 
I remember we got into it a little bit in the car and I was like, we're going to see this through. And we got wherever we were going and we parked. And before we were done, my mom just goes, as soon as we parked, all right, I'm going to wait for y'all outside. <laughs> and she's just like, and I go, Run mom. Away. And then I, I got out of the car and I was like, mom, does that make you uncomfortable listening to that? And she was like, well, you know, that's your business. You know, I don't want to be, you know, y'all just, you got, you get your business. And like, does she think we, we fight? You know, and it's, it's weird because I'm registering that, that are, that a person is there. And I'm also not, I'm not afraid of that. It, it's weird. I don't know. Should, well, like, I love it, that self-expression that you're not letting it impede. And I think fighting is like pepper sauce. Some people don't want any pe- black pepper on their food. And some people <laughs> are like dousing the sriracha. No one's wrong or right. It's as long as you and Jordan have titrated what's copable for you. Some people need a little fight to kind of get their, you know, energy up. And so I don't, I don't want you to compare to anybody else. It's more to do if, if Jordan comes to you and says, Hey, honey, it's too much. It's too much right now, or it's too much. To, um, you know, then you listen to that. Or if, she, if Alexa says that to Jordan, but screw everybody else now. And when we're in public, here's a heuristic I want you to have. I learned this from my husband. He's like, criticize in private or give that kind of feedback and praise in public. And so I've just learned as best as I can, if I have anything that's, that could make the person look uncomfortable in a public situation, even if it's just one person, then I'll conserve their dignity. It's not how they look to that other person. Oh, I'm calling them stupid. So now the other person thinks they're stupid. It's what's happening is it looks like they're, they have no backbone and they have no dignity and that you're dominating them. That's the humiliating part is that they're not equal. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. And actually real quickly, what that reminds me of is something that I, I put on my little grumble list that I have not expressed. Are you about to uh, <laughs> just it. express Bring your it. resentments here? You have a grievances have a list grievance. going. It is not fast enough. Yes. So grievances are grumbles are also known as yeah. the um, machinery in the gym that help you build your emotional muscles to become a greater partner. So uh-huh. remember they're both. Love that. And this is from when we were in Ohio visiting family. And and this is something that Alexa does at times is she's very, the edginess and kind of the, the intensity and the fierceness can come out. And I, I get uncomfortable at certain moments because I feel like other people don't understand that it's meant to be playful or it's part of her personality and that it's that it's okay. And um, so yeah, I get concerned that people are misinterpreting it. And specifically my family, when we're at, over at my grandpa's, I don't even remember what the situation was specifically, but I remember thinking, feeling like, a, and maybe this is my ship, but it feels like there was at least some of it in the air. It was a palpable kind of concern slash awkwardness of her reaction to like a few things and just a bit of the tenacity. Um, and, and maybe that is like my shit. And it's like, I just get to f- fucking get over it. But no, I also, so it's about attunement. I yeah. think what you're picking up on Jordan mm-hmm. is Alexa attuning to the crowd that she's in. If you walk into a burning man talk with a three piece suit and a tie, there's a certain listening, right? And if you're walking into certain situations, you know, you guys talk about, you know, dressing up and BDSM and playing and kink and all that. Can you imagine walking into grandpa's? I'm going to ham it up now. Walking into grandpa's house and you're in your big leather boots. You got a whip and he's on a collar. Now, I bet you there's been moments where that's happened, but you're not going to walk into grandpa's house with that. 
And you know that Alexa, and you know why, because you don't want that to be misinterpreted. Now, after a year hanging out with grandpa and he watches all your podcasts, maybe then. Well, my grandpa is a former pastor of a church. So just to create a little context, (laughs) I don't think there's any universe where. So exactly. I, you know, when I first meet someone, I wouldn't shake their hand and show them all my sex toys or my leather dress up clothes. I have to attune to where they're at and slowly acclimatize them to my reality so that we don't shock them. Mm-hmm. That's just the attunement piece. I love that. It's great. Does that so mean... calm the fuck down, baby? Just kidding. I love you. <laughs> that's not nice. Around grandpa. <laughs> around, yeah, around grandpa. grandpa. Well, around I think that's probably just people. You're talking about people in general that might not know. And that's something that we've yeah. communicated with some of our friends and our close friends in the way we pick and play with each other. And we know each other on a really deep level. And then we yeah. start acting this way and there's more people around and they misinterpret and don't actually know if we like each other or what's going on. And then we've, we have realized a couple to a few of us have realized like, Oh, this is something that is best when we're only with each other. And then mm-hmm. when it's around other people, we just are, are a little bit different. We still it's are titrating it. Yes, exactly. And so there are times when I will let people know in my life, which, you know, my relationship with time, we've spoken about that on previous mm-hmm. calls and previous, um, situations. And, um, you know, and that's something that I have in the past told people, Hey, by the way, should I show up five to 10 minutes late for anything moving into the future? Know that it is not personal. It's something that I am aware of. It's something that I am working with and working on and yada, yada, yada. And then I also question myself at times, when is it not okay to give myself the excuse? Mm -hmm. So how do I hold myself accountable to shift or change or growth or whatever, while also still honoring the habits or the patterns that I'm working on, because I, it's the same thing that I kind of go back and forth with, with the self-awareness piece where I'm like wanting to close that gap, you know, consistently wanting to close that gap. It's like how, how much of that is giving myself a pass and an excuse and how much of it's honoring the other person. And, um, yeah, when is that not okay anymore? And I just, I get to choose to be different. It's not okay. The, the, the point at which it'll change, it has to be an internal, intrinsic motivation, endogenous reasons. You will never be on time just to please other people because you just don't care as much about other people and their inconvenience for 10 minutes to make a change. But there may come a situation or a person or a structure where the pain that they feel matters to you somehow. And it, I, don't, I don't know who it is or in what circumstance, but it, it wasn't until, you know, I rush my daughter all the time. I'm always rushing her into the Uber or like, she literally stopped me. She's like, mom, I feel like I can't relax and enjoy myself when you're always rushing me. I literally, she gets in the Uber, but she stays on the seat closest to me. So I can't get in the car. And until she said with plaintiff heart open confusion, I was just going to do it for the rest of my life. But when I could feel the wince of her distressed consciousness, And I remembered, oh, I don't want her to feel distressed. That's when the behavior changed. I I had to find a way in for it to matter to me through the channels that are my values. And so I wouldn't try and force yourself to change. Just listen to the feedback without shaming yourself. I didn't shame myself when she said that. I was like, oh, note to self, I'm literally harassing my child into a car. If you listen to the feedback, not shame them because I think what happens is you shame yourself on behalf of them. 
I'm not prescribing that. There's no shaming to be, there's no failure. There's only feedback. So you get the feedback and you're like, iterate, iterate until you go, oh, I love this Alexa. And maybe you'll always be five minutes late, but you love her still. What you want to track is what has you not feel proud of yourself, not please others. What doesn't have you feel proud of yourself? That's what will motivate you. That's good. At some point I do, and maybe it's now to shift gears. It feels very relevant this weekend, what we're going into. Okay. So to not oh, yeah. address that on this call would be sure. just this yeah. opportunity for Go sure. Go for it. So we are, you're aware of Alexa's past with her biological father. Yes. And so we are going to have lunch with him on Sunday. So this is the first time, certainly I'm going to meet him. And this is the first time Alexa will have seen him in like 10 years or something similar to that. And she's only- And through a very fraught him. relationship. Oh yeah. Like she's only can probably count on one or two hands the amount of time she's ever been in his physical presence and just very, yeah, not a relationship there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we're going to meet with him. You know, Alexa had a, a really beautiful long conversation with him on Father's Day, which was definitely not planned. It just happened. It was, it was really beautiful and it opened up this portal and this opportunity. And so, you know, he's very humble and heart open from what I can tell. Alexa's also humble and heart open. And oh. um, so that's happening on Sunday here in a couple yeah. of days, a few days. Amazing. Well, you guys are leaders in your life and in general, and you're definitely going to be the leading host and conversational leader in the dynamic with the dad. So as leaders and people who create curriculum and programs, I would love for you to think about how you want to feel and have him feel when you leave the encounter. So work backwards from the end to see what you want to bring to the space. So I'm curious about that. Yeah. For me, I want to feel, um, energized, uh, like grateful, um, with the word opportunity comes up, like there's opportunity for more connection. Like it's not a one and done. Um, a part of me wants to, and I, I'm not sure if this is good or bad, so to speak, yeah. but, um, wants it to be relatively light as that okay. first engagement encounter to maybe not go too deep with stuff. And I'm also mindful of his capacity to have quote deep conversations yes. and wanting to honor that and meet him and meet all of us where we're at in a way where yes. it can be cohesive. Um, so those, yeah, some of the things come up for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought this up. Cause I don't know if I would have brought this up on, you know, on this call, I would have stayed more in like our day-to-day nitpicky here. Where can we grow there (laughs) when this is definitely really real for us? And I think, you know, any additional insight and guidance in order for you to be able to hold me, because I think I know I can, I can somewhat go into like how I want it to end or how I want it to leave. And I get how you want to feel, how I want to feel. Yeah. And then I, I also am conscientious of what I am fearful of. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I don't really think that that's going to happen. But um, it's for me to fall to pieces. It's for me to just like look at this person and think half of my DNA comes from this human and to know it and to have seen pictures of him and his three other daughters and to know that I'm probably one of the ones I probably look like him the most. 
And mm-hmm. so to have gone my whole life not staring at someone that I come from mm-hmm. and to be so trapped in the, like the, 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 I don't even know what to call it in that. And like, I have this weird fear of this thing that I don't actually know if it's going to happen or not. And I might get on the other side and just be a normal person. And I fear that I'll turn into, you know, and my inner four-year-old or my inner three-year-old, which is when he left or the inner teenager that was like, fuck you for, you know, this life that I didn't get to have. And it's all your fault and blah, blah, blah. You know, um, or my inner 10 year old that's like, maybe one day he'll come back. You never know. So, it, and I don't think those things are going to happen. I think I'm going to stay my very. But let's, let's stay with them. So, what sure. if they do? What if right? you lose it or go to pieces? I think you mean cry or tremble or what do you mean? I don't know where I'm just like, I, well, there have been times in my life where I've, I've imagined and visioned me saying all the things that I ever wanted to say from the place of the angry, maybe 16, 17 year old, you know what I mean? Like you motherfucker, how the fuck could you like get the anger out? And then Mm -hmm. like a sadness, like a deep sadness Mm -hmm. underneath that. Um, and you know, and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, but I kind of do, I don't want to indulge in that. And I'm more, more mature than that. So the way, so whenever we have polarities, like I want to do this, but I can't do that. The way to transcend the likelihood of it happening isn't to just lean over on this side. I don't want to do it. And I don't want to you know, lose myself. And it's to actually hang out on both sides. Like I want to take you for a walk. Okay. So say you turn into an inner four-year-old and you just cry and sob and say, why did you leave? Or you get angry and go, what the fuck? If any of those things happen, let's just hang out for one second see the movie scene. There you are sitting with Jordan with the dad and you cry or you get angry or what happens. So what, what's so bad about that? If it does happen. Yeah. Tell me what's the problem there. There really isn't because then it, it it would just be, you know, I would just be, I would have my moment and I would, there would be a peak to that moment. And then there would be um, a valley or a trough to that Mm -hmm. moment and it would settle out. And that would be a release. And then, you know, my nervous system would calm on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. I also think that that's not necessarily what is going to happen. I just have this weird, interesting feel, um, uh, fear of it. Um, I'll just quickly say, I have a little bit of a concern around, I don't think that extreme scenario would happen, maybe, but I do think it's very possible, probable even that emotion will arise. I would say likely tears knowing your beautiful emotions the way I do. And I have this, yeah, concern that he may try and fix it. That he may try and kind of step into a masculine dad fix it mode and maybe like console her. And I don't, you know, this is my belief. I don't think she it needs that. I don't, gasoline. I think it be a, yeah. I think it would be a very oh yeah. So, so you can prep thing. all this. We're going to help you prep all this to, to make it go as likely to be smoothly. I just want Alexa to give permission that if her inner four-year-old or 16-year-old mm-hmm. or 10-year-old has something to say, that it's not the whole conversation. Yeah. They may just have one little piece to offer. And I want you to invite all of them to the lunch. Mm-hmm. I want them all to be under your arm and you like, hey girls, I got you. We're going in together. Yeah. And I'm going to lead this because I'm the powerful adult hair. But if any of you have something to say, you hand it to me and I'm going to get it done for you. 
just yeah so the conversation that i did wind up having that like oddly enough fell on father's day this year which is typically a day that is a lot of emotion. I mean, my mm-hmm. birthday brings up emotion. I've done a whole podcast about that where I spoke to my audience just about how this affects, just generally speaking, affects me on so many different levels and my relationship with Jordan and all of that. And so um, that that day when we wound up having that conversation, it was as if I did very something very similarly. Every little thing that came to the surface, every... uh yeah, these little jabs, this anger or this sadness, I shared them, but I shared them from me. So I shared them from this, you know, 33 year old getting ready to start her own family, all this stuff. And so it was like, well, there's a part of me that wants to share with you this thing. There's a part of me that wants to say this thing. And I know that it's not the case. And I know there's more to it than that. And there are times, well, and you know, before I even went into that conversation, I was so just annoyed at the thought that I, as the child would have to be the leader that I, I as the child that never got to be the child I in this know. situation is going to have to be the parent is I going know. to have to be the one that leads all the healing. And I get mad and I go, I then it. fuck it. I don't want to do it. So I, I don't, I, I think that I showed myself and I was very proud. I showed myself that I can do it when it yeah. was father's day. And so I'm sure that it's going to be another great opportunity this time, but it's going to be an added element of, oh shit, he's fucking, he's right there. Yeah. And I made these promises to myself, to our relationship, to our future family that like, I'm going to go here mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm doing it. And my wish is that, you know, I, I, I have my, my closest girlfriends and we had a, we have six month check-ins about our relationships and about our friendships. And at our six month, our last one, they multiple girlfriends reflected back to me that their wish for me in the last half of the year is that I, I honor this progress and I continue moving forward specifically with him. It wasn't about my business. It wasn't about my relationship with Jordan. It wasn't about any of those. It was this specific thing. So I think they see too, you know, it's, it's keep moving forward. And my whole community is holding me in this. And now the fact that I've shared it so publicly and it is the reality for so many people, which in a weird way, just like fucking breaks my heart that this is the reality for so many people that their father figures just fucking leave. Mm-hmm. So it's just big. It's just, yeah, it's, it's big. And like parts of me wants to hold on to it and just let it keep being this festering thing that I'm angry about. And then parts of me are afraid that once I resolve it, I won't be so fiery and so passionate. And then there's like so much wrapped Got up it. into this that sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just going to put it in a box and not touch it. So. Why are you looking at me like that? I love you so much. It hurts. Yes. He's loving you. We all loving you. We're so in awe of your courage and your fierce refusal to live in a status quo that doesn't work for you. So what I was bringing up with you guys being the leaders is when you lead with an intention, which is what I'm asking you, but what, how do you want to feel when you leave? And I want to bring you back to it. Alexa, when you're ready is how do you want to feel when you, you and Jordan walk back to the car and you're finished and you're driving home. And how would you like him to feel from your highest self? And, you know, whenever you're ready to answer, I'm I'm curious, you can take a moment to just ground and breathe. But until we get 
that clarity, your, uh, your leadership is up in the air. Yeah. So I think like walking to the car, it to be in a big breath in and a big breath out and for us to look at it and go, that was okay. Like, I'm happy with that. That was, that was best case scenario. You know, that was, do you want to be proud of how it went? Yes. And proud is not of a situation where, oh my gosh, I've missed you and there's love. And it's just, we get through through a conversation and we look at each other and go, we're going to meet again. And the real you gets to meet the real him, not some pantomime performance. Oh, because since four years old, I have made him into so many things he's probably not. Now you get to see who he really is. And he gets to see who you really are. Yeah. Okay. So you want to leave feeling happy. We got through it. I'm proud. I was authentic. Yeah. What would you love for him to feel when he leaves? And I'm not saying we can guarantee it, but like in the dream scenario, what does he feel when he leaves? I think that he is hurting just as much as I am. And so I think some elements of relief And I've also shared this with him, that there are parts of me that didn't want to explore and didn't want to go down a path of healing in this way because I wanted him to hurt for the rest of his fucking life. Mm -hmm. And, and I, of course I didn't share it quite like that, but I did share that with him. And I said, but I also understand that as long as you are hurting and as long as you're in pain, I'm trapped there too. And I don't want that. And I don't want that for my future family. And I don't want that for our relationship. I mean, my relationship with Jordan. So, um, it would be for him to leave and for him to go back home and say, it's getting better. You know, I have a relationship with my oldest daughter. It is a, a literal first step in towards a relationship, you know, because I think that he gets really excited sometimes. And he's like, Oh my gosh, she's here. And you have three little sisters and they want to meet you. And, you know, and, and I get overwhelmed and like abort, yeah. you know, so he's a little bit overzealous and overexcited. Um, there's yeah, also he's elements. Taking shortcuts. He's taking shortcuts. Yeah. Mm, oh, for sad. sure. For sure. When this is. And like... that's something I think um, Jordan, I'm going to suggest how you can help out with that. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Um, I want you to be a little more greedy though, Alexa. So you, you want him to, you want to leave. You said you want to be happy. I added, maybe you're proud of how you expressed your truth. Do you want him to leave? Not just seeing a first step in a relationship with you, but actually recognizing, tasting a little bit of your magnificence. Like, wow, look at her. Yes. And there were certainly times where my achievements throughout my life, I I would achieve something and think maybe this is going to be the thing in some way, shape or form. Some way he will get to know that I achieved this thing and then mm-hmm. he'll want me. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of that present too, where yes, I'd like for him to see it, but I'm also checking my ego and checking the tenderness in my heart yeah. because I thought that at times. I mean, and then I would get really upset with my mom because she wouldn't tell me anything about him or help me figure out where he was or help to make that relationship into mm-hmm. something. And so, you know, I get mad, like, if you just told him that I won pageants, if you just told him that I did this thing in school, if you just told him that I went to college, yeah. like if you, you know, and I would just like pass this responsibility all over the place because I was a child. Um, and that maybe if he knew that I was the best, I was better than any of the daughters that I was this thing, then, then he'd love me and come back and I'd be worthy of his love and affection and attention. So. So wanna, yeah, it's a double-edged bit there. Yes. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure it is. And I, and I would like that, you know, I would like that. And, and there, I know that they, they are Christians. Mm -hmm. And so I run a business about sex and I have a sleeve of tattoos and I just live this very unconventional life that doesn't fit this particular bill. And so I do have these pieces of me that are like, it's not going to matter. I have created myself into something that is not acceptable to someone like him. When I know that that's not the case, he told me on that call that it didn't matter what I did or what I chose to do or what I looked like or anything that Mm. he was always going to love me. Mm. And it's just like, it flips my scripts, you know? So there's, there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot. Yeah. How do you want him to feel about himself when he leaves? Well, there is a younger version of me that wants him to just trip on his way to his car. Trip (laughs) on the way to your car. And fall. Trip and fall. Maybe just stub a toe or break his fucking face. (laughs) I'm not saying any of that. There's no hurting. It's just. Maybe like an embarrassing trip. It's like, you don't really hurt yourself, but it's just kind of embarrassing. Yeah. So there's like a little tiny person that's just like, well, I hope yeah. he trips. Cause I've said that so many times to myself, you yeah, know, sure. but me now is I, and, and the, the question is like, how do I want him to feel walking to his car? All right. Walking. I want to, how do you want him to feel about how he handled himself? There? Oh, I want him to feel like he gave me space. Okay. And didn't try to fill every, every set, um, moment of silence or try to make me understand something or try to say, well, you didn't see this happening on the other side and not defensive. Exactly. Great. Excellent. So I want that too. And I think he might need to be prepped a little bit because I, you know, if he's done a good, given who you guys are, there's just no question. You've left him in the dust in terms of personal growth, development, consciousness, all that. There's no way he's going to be more advanced than you guys. So. This is why having clarity around what you want each other to feel and the leadership comes in. Jordan, and again, it's up to you guys, but I'm having an intuition that somehow you entering the space and greeting him and giving him a kind of prep on how best to serve the success of this lunch. And Alexa might, it's a very like a man to man, like, listen, Mm -hmm. I want to optimize for how you guys love each other right now. And here's some things you might need to know to help it go really well. Is yeah. that something you would take oh, on? That just gets me so emotional. Like shiggity check yourself before you riggedy rack yourself, Brad. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But yes, absolutely. Like that feels really good. And there's something kind of like the man to the son-in-law kind of like mm-hmm. it hasn't happened. So I feel like you going in and really making a clean, safe space for your woman to show up. Yeah. Dad doesn't know how to do it. He would die to know that not interrupting would actually make her feel loved and not trying to cure or defend. And you might, and I'm happy to chat with you too about this offline, but you might want to help him win. Yeah. Help him win the dad game because he doesn't know what he's getting into. He doesn't know the microscopic minutia, the needs of this creature. You do. So you come in like, listen, I want this to go well today. And I believe you can do it. And I believe, Alexa can. And here's some guidelines that might not be obvious to you that if you took these on and like, don't interrupt her, don't, you know, explain yeah. it to him. And cause she wants space. He probably thinks she wants hugs. Who knows totally, what he thinks. Yeah. 
Right. So teaching him how to love, I'm going to teach you how to love this woman. She's Mm -hmm. the most extraordinary woman I've ever met. (laughs) And I know all the nuances. Are you interested? And he'll be like this. Yes. (laughs) And you're going to teach him. And then that I recommend that. And then you go get your woman and you bring her in and she knows this place is set up to receive her. And then I would encourage you guys to do something with him. I call bookmarking. Whenever you're going to have a difficult conversation where you could go up, down, be a three-year-old, be a grumpy 16-year-old, you bookmark it. You say, listen, and uh, um, either of you could say this, but listen, I want to have a conversation with you where I'm fully self-expressed and that you get to see me. Mm. And during the conversation, I might have different feelings or thoughts or things that come up. So I want you to know at the beginning of the conversation, I love you. This is the first step in many and I'm committed to understanding you. And, well, I'm committed to having this relationship develop. Mm. And at the end of this conversation, I love you. And I'm committed to having this develop, this, this relationship go further. Mm. Now, can I have your permission in the middle between these two bookmarks of I love you and we're fine and everything's good. And I love you and we're fine and everything's good. Can you give me permission to have my feelings, my sadness, my anger, my frustrations, and know that the top note over all of it is that I love you and I'm committed to us understanding each other. So he's bookmarked. Then he can now relax and you've given a heads up that this can go anywhere it wants to go, but he knows now and he knows how it's going to end so that he can, he can handle it. That's something I recommend you, you know, entertain. It's so good. I literally bookmarked the timing of this conversation so I could come back and revisit this because this is just so good. And certainly some of it, I, would sort of intuitively get, but your mm-hmm. frames are always so good. So I'm so grateful for that counsel. It's, it's world-class and awesome. Yeah. How do you feel about Alexa bookmarking with whatever phrases work for you? Sure. Um, it feels good. And I also, it's really interesting. Like I, I get myself worked up about all the possibilities and then going into it, I usually act accordingly. Yeah. Like I'm really impressed with how I regulate and how I navigate and how I let all the parts of me show up. And I remember after that first initial call, and I was like, "Wow, I'm really proud of how I did all of that." Yes. Um, and I'm going to be proud of this too. Of and, course you are. And a part of this process is thinking that it's going to be all 16 shades of sideways, and the restaurant's going to get burned down by the end of it. And it's just not. And yeah. um, and it sounds really good. And the idea of having Jordan step up and that just like really hit me when you said to him, you know, and Jordan was like, absolutely. I'll have that conversation with him. Like I, I'll help you learn how to love her. And that's just, no one's done that for me. Mm -hmm. So, and the person that I always thought was supposed to like help teach me how to love, especially to love and respect and admire a man wasn't there. So I'm getting to learn that as an adult and, uh, just to have both of you communicating. Oh, no, I'm like crying and snotty. He's Jordan's really good at getting me to do this. <laughs> well, Jordan's made for that move. Like he's the romantic troubadour. Like he can totally <laughs> nail that. Uh, yeah. All in all, it feels really good. And it feels like it's so needed and necessary in our relationship and in my life. So it's good. Good. Okay, good. And you don't have to use the bookmark, but I just want all your parts to know that you've given them permission if they want to come out for a moment. That's the situation's being set up and it's totally fine. Yeah. Love that. <sighs> ah, that's right. 
I told you he's on a roller coaster with me. <laughs> he I'm wouldn't just, be anywhere else. Uh, I'm throwing my hands up and enjoying the ride. Let's yeah. go. Another mm-hmm. twist and turn. Thanks, Andy. I just want to acknowledge you, Alexa, and you, Jordan. I want to, you know, as someone who works with family systems, the amount of courage and audacity and visionary clairvoyance it takes to do all the things you've done, writing the letters, pursue interactions, get through the pain, have the conversations to get to the point where you're going to meet him in person. I just bow to the Mount Everest that you've climbed. And I just, I can't wait to hear the stories that your children hear about mom's heroism and dad's support in that heroism. And I just like the the stories that are going to go down in your family system about how you change the pattern in your lineage. Thank you. That feels really good to hear. And it feels Mm -hmm. so good to be supported by you in this. And we couldn't have planned this any better, right? Like, cause we just having this call and it just so happened, didn't even put it together that that's happening this weekend, but certainly a higher power did. And I'm just, yeah, well, I was straight up going to ignore it. (laughs) Well, you. the last thing I wanted to add, and I say this with all parents is, um, and you don't have to hold this Alexa. It just will make sense of their behavior. As soon as you're past 30, the best frame to have for your parents are to consider them needy, insecure teenagers that want your approval. Mm. That's actually how they are running their game. It, you are the cutting edge, most successful, most out there, famous, influential person in the whole family system. Whether he knows it or not, that's your status. And when he interacts with you, there's a part of him that's going to recognize she's beyond me. She's, she's just gone beyond me. and. To try and, I know you won't, but in general with parents, when we try to get their approval when they're the one trying to get our approval, it fucks up the system. So I don't want you to give any approval that's not authentic. But if there is authentic feedback on what he's doing well or what you appreciate, he's hungry for that because he wants the rock star to like give him their autograph. It's much more like that than about you trying to get his approval. I think you know that, but I just want to remind you. So good. Totally. Thank you for the reminder. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Mm-hmm. I think you're creating history for your whole community because you're going to talk about this. You're going to write about it. And what you're doing is per- giving permission to everyone else listening to actually take charge of the relationships in their life that aren't working. Even their parents, any, any relationship that's not working it's an open gaping wound that's leaking your life force energy because it's not complete. So it's for your own self that you get it complete. And I hope people get inspired by your courage here. I certainly am. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, (sighs) okay. So how does that feel? That's complete. Is there anything else alive or are we, are we good? I think that's enough for now. Yeah, we can let that. We can let that be. And it's one minute, 11, one hour, one, 11 minutes, 11 seconds. Okay. Per hour, 11 minutes, 11 seconds. That was a mouthful. Yes. So that was great. (laughs) All right. Okay, good. Until next time. Thank you, Annie. Love you guys. Love you. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.